Welcome back, Golden Globetrotters. Close your eyes and feel the fuck. That was a hot jam right there, Murray. It was. No they don't casing. make them like that anymore. No, they're really, they don't make them like that anymore. They really don't. No movies get their, like, cock rock theme song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice it in this movie, so... Yeah, it, it, it I'm, slipped under my gonna, radar. This is gonna be an interesting episode. Griff confessed to me right before. He's like, I fucking hated this goddamn movie. I mean, I didn't love it. It's not my favorite show, Kazuki by a where, mile. Where is this in his canon? Is this like I think his this first is near the end? Near the yeah. end? Really? Near well, the you, end? You were missing Shane and Kane. That's what it was. They help, I think. I think they give him a little bit more character and they give humanity. him more motivation, more humanity. Because in this, he's just like bland. he's raging for honor. Hey, speaking of raging for honor, Murray. <laughs> We had a bunch of goose rage for their own honor this week. Where were they you? Raged. Where were you when that happened? I was there. You were there? Yeah, I was with the, the Ice of... Age guy or Ice Age. Iced Earth guy? I, no, I was uh, an Antifa operative. Oh, you were Antifa operative. Yeah, I was. Well, didn't you? What was up with all? Why were there so many people with Buffalo fucking pelts on? What was up with that? Buffalo Bills fans, they were in the playoffs. Is that what it was? It's got to be. That's the only thing well, that makes sense. Congratulations, guys. You won today. You won, and it's all because you stormed the Capitol. Don't Capitol. arrest that guy. Don't <laughs> arrest that guy. <laughs> Don't arrest he that guy. He motivated them. It's all because they stormed the Capitol, got in there. Where was Ted Nugent? Is what I want to know. Ted? Where, was, where was Trump? He said he's going to be there with him. That motherfucker Ted is all talk. You know, he was like, I'll be the first one. He was going to do the fucking Mad Max uh, Fury Road thing where he rode in on the chariot <laughs> playing the guitar. And oh, then he cool. was like, oh, guys, I broke a string. I got to go back and get another one. And then he disappeared with Trump probably because they're both bitches. I wouldn't be surprised if Ted shit himself again. He's from my hometown. He's literally from Redford. Yeah. Fuck you, Ted Nugent. I remember then he moved to wherever the fuck Bush Junior lives Bush Jr. Crawford, Texas. That's Crawford. Where he lives now. I don't think he, li- he used to live in Jackson. Jackson, Michigan, huh? Yeah. That's, for people who don't know, Jackson, Michigan is the middle of nowhere. It's the only thing it's famous for is a fucking high security prison. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes west of Ann Arbor and then another hour and a half south of another school in central Michigan. There's not much there. I went thrifting there. I was told that's where all the good thrifts are because it's in the middle of nothing. They're kind of secluded to themselves. Not a thing. I and I got the worst coney of my life. It was like it was the you know, usually when we think coney sauce, we think of like the I don't know what chili? the Yeah, the chili and it's kind of more of a liquid but a chunky liquid if you will. It's like diarrhea kinda. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's diarrhea. Instead, I got the the dry, crumbly kind. What? And it was... Like a dry rub? What the fuck are you talking about? Now you're making me angry. I know. Jackson, hello. What was going on with your chili that day? (laughs) Dry rub chili. It was like... (laughs) Did it have beans in it, too? (laughs) No, no. It wasn't like that. It was supposed to be like the coney sauce, but it... It was just like they put it out to dry for the longest time. So when you got it, and I was eating it on a hot dog, so you're already eating a sodium tube of pressed meats with this new super salted meat. A crumble. A crumble of super salted meat. It was like you you had to do the Kobayashi thing and dip it in the water because otherwise you, you, you would pucker up. It was awful. Yeah, see, that's why I, I know what you're talking about, the dryness, because this is why I like Super Chief Coney was my place, which is in Waterford, Pontiac, Michigan, that border area, because they toasted their bun. Because sometimes the bun, there's too much bun. Yeah. It's dry. 
When the toasted bun is nice, it, it goes down better. Best part uh, of my Germany trip was anytime you got any kind of sausage, they have the best bun game. And now, like, we know Brazilians got great buns, but the Germans, not known for their buns, great buns. Good job, Germany. Great buns. But, yeah, our capital got fucked. Uh, it was a dog chasing a car. They got in there, and the first footage I saw, of course it was – and, I, Murray, you can bear witness here. I haven't had beer for a long time. After they started storming the Capitol, I was like, well, I guess I'll go get a couple beers and see what the fuck's going to happen here. So I got beers for the first time in like a month here. It was the day that shook the country. It, I didn't care at all. I'm like, whatever. Who cares a shit? It didn't, <sighs> didn't bother me at all. I don't – I'm jaded. I've seen enough violence in my life that I'm like, whatever. It's just funny to see. These are the people who, during the Black Lives Matter uh, riots, protests and everything, they were calling them rise. They were saying, you can't touch a single piece of property. And if you do, and of course, it was the Antifa, Kyle Rittenhouse. How many people died in all of the Black Lives Matter protests we've had? Because we had probably like 100 of them. Yeah, they were all over the country. We lost like five people. Uh, The I, this sounds like such like a meme thing that it might be fake, but I heard that some fat old lady <laughs> with a sign with a flag that "Don't tread on me" got trampled to death. I heard that too. That's, I thought I heard that that was Roseanne. It, she looked like Roseanne. Okay, she just looked like yeah, just a fat old lady. Because I heard somebody talking about the fact that Roseanne of, of fame, Roseanne Bar fame was there. Could have been. I don't know. I because she, she wasn't she. I heard a couple years ago that was why the she show it, got but, canceled. But Ted, she was a trumper. Ted had to leave, but she made it. She actually was there storming the gates. Well, of course she was. She she Roseanne. Uh, I I watch her show show sometimes on TV. She seems like a real person. I, I'm. It's unfortunate she got into the trumper shit, but yeah, she seems pretty. What are you saying? Real. You're saying the people there weren't real Americans. That's what real America looks like. Based on the interviews Angry I heard, violence. wow, they don't understand what being a patriot's all about. I mean, they. I don't know what. What did they tell you in that Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot? Because never saw it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, it was so long ago. So I long watched, ago, I never saw it. Maybe they saw and they think they're recreating that or something. They do love Braveheart. I blame Braveheart. <laughs> Apparently, it's squeaker time. Millie can't stand hearing us talk about this. She was she was terrified. She's by like, it. guys, no politics. No politics. Golden Globe Theater is for pure entertainment. That was another thing we were having off our base. Having so much fun talking about is that whenever like an artist that we enjoy talks politics, there's a system of a down. When they were like, "Did you guys not realize we were a political band? Like half our songs are political," and people were like, "Yeah, can you keep it down with the politics stuff?" Rage Against the Machine was a big one this summer. Uh-huh. Now we're finding out there's a bunch of these right wing musicians going up there, and guys, can you calm it down with the politics? I just don't. I just want. Who were you telling? Ice Earth again. Yeah. They had a great album about goblins, you were telling me. They were like. <laughs> the best. Uh, if you want a song about heavy metal goblins, Ice Earth, check them out. <laughs> Go check out. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, he's the guy. I think he did one about American Revolution. I, I don't care. Uh, I mean, I'm glad, I guess, we had a revolution. There's some cool things about being American. There's some shit, but. Yeah, th- that was not one of the prouder days. These people are delusional. They want credit for getting into the Capitol. What did they think was going to happen? I have, did they, they think they were like, all right, all right, he won. We surrender. I guess the idea was if they delayed the uh, putting in the electoral ballots today, that it was never going to happen. 
And if it doesn't happen... Like if they burned the votes, then it doesn't count anymore? I guess. Yes, they're doing the whole... Even though there's like three copies they have just for like these kind of... Not, not this scenario, but like, you know... Or it's not like they can just go back yes. or just... Yeah. yeah, it's all infringed on that one piece of paper. The paper was the MacGuffin. They needed to get the MacGuffin and burn it up. And once they did that, justice reigns supreme. The... 73 million disenfranchised voters would have been As franchised. To the 80 million Don't franchised voters. Shut the fuck up. No politics here. Right, <laughs> it's right. about the 73,000 patriots. <laughs> 73, 73 million. million. <laughs> I fucking hate these people. But yes, let's move on. Rage of Honor. This was a later show Kazugi movie. This might have been his last. It might I have know. been. I, I, hey, if I'm, if I'm in Hollywood, I'd been like. No, we're not getting show. After I'm gonna that have to. One. I'm gonna have to carry water for show on this one because Griffith has obliterated him before the sh- before we started recording. He's it like, was fuck a, this movie, hey, fuck Show Kazugi. I'm like, hey, it, it comes from a place of hurt because I have, uh, you know, I maybe told you, he never. Rec- I told you the behind the scenes stories about Black Eagle. Maybe when with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme like gaslighting him and like trying to ruin his career. No, you did the opposite. You made me feel a little more uncertain about Jean Claude as opposed to Show. Right? Show no, but I'm just up. saying it maybe. It got to he like psyched the show out and it and it just fucked him off. Oh, I and got it killed you. his career. I I think it might have happened. I think it might have because he came in this movie. I was all excited. There's a nice little goof scene in the first uh, you know segment there. I was ready for this trip, and then it went nowhere. And then for note's sake, fuck you, Shokazuki, because this last forty minutes <laughs> of this movie was horrible to make notes for. I had such a... Murray, I was on... I, I stopped the notes, and I was like, oh, man, this is a great place to end. And then the movie continued for 20 minutes, and I was like... But it was only a 90-minute movie. It felt like Ben-Hur. No, that that was Wonder Woman 1984 for me. That it, felt five hours. No. This, uh, this breezed by for me. I was fine with it. Is it my favorite? No. But I did not hate it as much as you do. I mean, come on. We had a villain look like Dennis Miller, for Christ's sake. I would have liked more of him. I didn't get enough Dennis Miller in this. He had that big, beautiful, flowing hair. I love that they had a young villain who was go-getter, Argentinian. I liked all the shit. We're used to going over to the Philippines and stuff. We go to Argentina? Right. Hell yeah, Buenos Aires. Wasn't it? Didn't Highlander two was Highlander two that was filmed in Argentina too. I remember one of the movies we've done recently where it was like there was they went there because it was cheap and then it became super expensive. I think it was Highlander two. That might. I'm trying to reflect on what Stewart told us because Stewart probably gave us that fact and I just oh. I can't remember. Go back and check the, check our our research. Do our research for us. People. Do uh, do Let our us research. Know. Do your own research. Storm our capital and uh, listen to our pod while you're doing it. I heard a lot of people were. I heard they were blasting it through the sound system of the Capitol. They, that's what they were trying to do to quell the people. Yeah, it was because, calm them down. Yeah, because yeah. you, you're just like, wait, guys, we're making too much noise. We're breaking too much shit. We need to hear this gold. That's what stopped it, because the cops couldn't stop it. Yeah. All I got to say, getting back to that for one second, <laughs> five people died for Donald fucking Trump. What a waste of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's Donald despicable. Trump. Let that sink in, people. Donald Trump, an irredeemable piece of shit. <laughs> and they, they, they're that's his. That's like their savior. This whole thing is for the sake of Donald. Trump. I, I can't go down this road anymore, Murray. It's not. Yeah, let's, I can't let's, do so it. Let's go down do a road it. of rage. 
Road of Rage. Is it For Honor or Of Honor? For Honor. Rage For Honor. So let, let's just, Rage gonna, Of Honor? I think it's Rage Of Honor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have it written down. Yeah. <laughs> Rage, fill in the blank, Honor. Here's the trailer. Enjoy. He is a hired killer. This man is a federal agent whose best friend has been tortured and killed. He vows revenge, but the rules say he can't. I quit. So he becomes judge, jury, and executioner. Rage of honor. He took on an army. became a one-man war. His mission, to avenge the dead. Rage of honor, when just getting even is not enough. All right, welcome back. Great fucking trailer. We're starting this movie out. We got a nice little Yacht Rock going on, Yacht Murray. Rock party. If you if you get the laser disc, you can actually see our buddy Yacht Rock Sean in the background groping a it. woman. I, I saw the he first... He's groping her woman. He's tastefully groping her because he's wearing an ascot and a little captain's hat. Well, yeah, of course it's tasteful. Our, yeah. our dear friend Sean would never do anything untasteful. Not no. a single thing. But I I, lo- I I see I noticed because I was I I found on YouTube there's a version of the ver- virgin version of this movie but it's a made for TV version there's no way they're gonna show uh, Sean's boat on TV so I was like I got to make sure to get so I had to rent it for four four whole fucking American wow. dollars but I only got to see the first three letters and I was like I'm pretty sure that's Sean's yacht all right. So, yeah, we're going through this boat. We're just seeing. There's this great party going on. He does winter in Argentina. Of course. Of course. But we're seeing all these fucking beautiful ladies. What would you say the guy to gale ratio is here? Five to one at least. At least. Wait. Guy to gale. Five five, women. Five women. Yeah. Yeah. You did it it backwards there. I don't know. We had to clarify. Okay. So, yeah. So many women. And they're wearing next to nothing. You barely have to imagine. This is fucking South America. Were they in South America? Argentina. They were in Argentina. Oh, I th- I thought they were. They left uh, and came back. I thought they were on the Mississippi right here. <laughs> well, it was very muddy, filthy. <laughs> it, they probably were filming on the Mississippi, but it was supposed to be Buenos Aires, Argentina. It's, so we're just kind of moving along the boat until we find, of course, a shady-looking dude. He's got a big old black mustache. I mean, not as good as mine. I got like a pork chop up here on my face right now. It's beautiful. Murray's jealous. And, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and... Well, yeah, I, every time I see a guy with a mustache, I go, pedophile, drug addict, something. Well, mustache demented. and aviators. See, that's the thing. I never wear aviators. Can't pull that look off, huh? Well, again, I'm trying to account it to that's what a pedophile uh, drug dealer would wear. Well, you know, it's the 80s. There's lines of coke everywhere. They're, everyone's having a good time. I like a little callback to our, uh, our uh, Above the Law episode. I noticed their accoutrement for their drugs included a lemon zester, a cheese grater, instruments not used for drugs at all. If you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. If you don't. There was our harmonica. I want to know what they do with the harmonica. Like, what's yeah. going on with that? Put I think cocaine, that's a way, yeah, I think that's play a little high. tune, and then you have somebody you like playing there. You and you do a little jig while you're getting high. I fuck, that actually sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. Well, these people are 
pros. I, you know what you brought up last week. Again, sorry, we're oh my god, we're way off track here. We're way off the beaten we're, rivers. We're like we're the first minute of this. Yes, movie we talked about for five minutes. We were talking last week. Why was there a George Foreman grill on their drug table? <laughs> and I looked it up, and I was like, wait, do people in cold climates warm their coke? Because then you get this jolt of warm drugs into your body. That's what they do. Yeah, they throw I've heard the of that, co- yeah. yeah. They throw the coke. But they're in Argentina. It's warm in Argentina, isn't it? Well, they got used to the comfort. Like their nose <laughs> has to have warm coke. That has uh-huh. to be. And it also it it's just like when you burn your spices. Not burn, but when you toast your spices, it's like toasted cocaine. Just it, it hits you different. Well, do I have to try that? Yeah. Well, well. so we're continuing <laughs> around this boat, Murray. <laughs> right. And then we see a very familiar, handsome, young Asian man. Mm. Beautiful hair. Beautiful hair. Beautiful windbreaker. <laughs> Beautiful windbreaker. Right off well, he's the blending bus. right in. He yeah. wants to look like the people who live in the high life. Oh, yeah. Girls, next to nothing. All the guys layered up. Right. <laughs> it's like Steven Seagal did the, the wardrobe. sleeves pushed up to the elbows. Just a little, yep, just a little bit. You, gotta, you don't want to be a skank. You just want to show just off some wrists. Just the wrist. perfect amount of guy liner. Yeah. You know, show knows how to wear his eye makeup. Show definitely does. He said, Fonz, I'm going to borrow your windbreaker from season one. I'm going to put on my guy liner. And he's nodding along, and we see there's like a chain of people like nodding. And they uh, look suspicious. They look like G-Men. They stand out. Right. I don't know if you noticed. I noticed. They stand out. And then, out of nowhere, Show just whips out his gun. He goes, freeze! U.S. Drug Investigation Bureau. Which I don't think is a real thing. It isn't. And all hell breaks loose. People are running. Coke's flying everywhere. What do they expect? They're supposed to be the most senior fucking DBI officers they have, and they're causing a fucking ruckus on a, on a uh, what do they call them, a cru- booze cruise. Booze cruise. Yeah. And uh, this guy who's wearing shorts way too short. Yeah, he's... Even for 87, it was like, no, those are too short, bro. He, he's running up dockside, up these Tripping little tight stairs. Because it's so fucking short. Yeah, one's hanging out. The camera guy's right underneath him, too. Well, not only is he, Show is underneath him. Show gives him a <laughs> prostate exam with his gun. He shoves his gun up this guy's ass. And I'm like, Show, what the fuck? And they, they make sure to pay attention to it because they get the facial reaction of the guy slowly turning around to notice it. And it's like... What? Freeze, asshole. Oh, I like it. I like it. And he freezes. Yeah. But our main sleazy mustachioed guy jumps into a little cigar boat that happens to be, like, I guess, docked right next to the yacht. Yeah, maybe they were dragging it along because, yeah. Uh, It seemed like they just rented these because both both boats are used to the same boat. Yeah. Because this guy takes off, show does a fucking flip off the boat. It's good shit. Lands in a cigar boat, starts to chasing him. Yep. We get we're in that filthy shit filled water, brown. We're going. It looks like I thought we were in the Florida Everglades. There's two guys in the enemy boat, and so the one guy, you know, he's got his gun. He's shooting at show, but show is not even selling it. He's not panicked, not in fear. He's not dodging, not dipping, not ducking. He's just driving along, no big he's deal. He's concentrating on his driving. And he's also thinking, how close do I have to get before I can put a shuriken in this motherfucker's <laughs> neck? Well, it turns out not that close because he whips one out. Special, we want to point out, as in, as in every show, Kazugi movie, he supplies all the weapons. Yeah, show when he's not making a movie, he's in his garden shed. Just 
scheming up all these weapons. And you know what? He got into Raspberry Pi. Yeah, all you motherfuckers out there in the Linux world probably know what I'm talking about. He's a little gadget man. He's into that shit. He's open source for life. Yeah, and he tests them out on Shane because who cares about Shane, you know? Yeah. And so it's like a little disc. And then he click, push a button, and then the little like, prongs come out. That's points. Yeah. And he's hit to do right in the neck. Always hits him in the neck. And this whole fucking little device, it's reading. Once it goes into the guy's neck, it's reading his heart rate. It's sending it up to satellites because they're getting data on it. It, Murray, this is the original Fitbit. He started the Internet of Things, Murray. That was all Shokazugi. I believe it. I love Shokazugi. Yeah. And then the boat just crashes, bursts into flames, explodes. Cigarette boat. And he just, that cigarette got put out. But then it blows (laughs) up. Show doesn't even sell that. He's like, all right, time to go back to the yacht. Goes back. Of course, we know we've been through this before. Whenever there's guys who get shit done, there's some jealous motherfucker, yep. paper pushing bitch that's got to give him shit. Yup. You know, the, he, this is his storming the Capitol moment, and then Trump just comes out and says, You guys did wrong. You did so wrong. Even though he's like, You did right. I love it. So we meet Sterling. And he's like, You guys, oh, you're out of your jurisdiction, all this shit. I get shit done. Yeah. And then Ray, his buddies Ray and Dick. Yeah. They're like, get shit done, boss. I don't know what to say. And he's like, well, it's all the paperwork I got to do. It's always on him. Don't Didn't we learn last week you just hire Pam Greer and she'll do all the paperwork because that's all fucking uh, Stephen Skull had her doing. <laughs> there you go. So we cut that. We're back in the hotbed of drugs. Phoenix, Arizona. They were in Phoenix? That's where their their base was. Wow, okay. And so we got show. He's he's a ladies' man. We know that. Well, so of he's course. Got, he's got a hot little white bitch with him. He's not afraid of his uh, masculinity. She's, got a, little, she's got a little case of the yellow fever. She's into him. Show looking fly as fuck. Got a tuxedo on with a scarf. I think he's wearing gloves, too, like white gloves. He was looking good. He's looking like gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Oh, and- He's like playing it cool. He's like, hey, look what I got for you. And he got her this this beautiful pearl necklace. Of course he did. And he's like, I got a second pearl necklace for you later tonight. And she's like, ooh. Yeah. And he's she, just. She, I mean, Jen, her name's Jenny. She is laying claim. She's putting the hooks in. She's like, I am right. so glad there's no secret fucking yeah. missions that I have you all to myself because she's bored. She's a Phoenix girl. There's nothing well, there. Well, they're in Olive Garden. I mean, Joe was a little overdressed for Olive Garden. A little bit. Tuxedo. <laughs> I mean, to the untrained eye, you think you're they you think they're in a fine Italian restaurant, but me and Murray, we know an Olive <laughs> Garden or two. They ain't at Vinny's, all they, right? They ate because hey, we Vinny's, know Vinny's you gotta wear a tuxedo yes. because it's that class. A, we know Vinny's does uh not operate in Phoenix, and B, we know Vinny's does not do the uh all you can eat breadsticks. Hell and no, you that's see low class. You don't you, do that. You see the breadsticks just like fucking the money raining in a strip club. You know, they're just fucking just ma- just shooting fucking sticks everywhere. And then there was a nice did you pick up on this? There's a nice moment where the bill comes and shows like, oh, I forgot my wallet. He's like panning. He's like I didn't think he was this kind of creep. <laughs> No, I think he was real. This is why you know Jen really loves him for him. Oh, she's like, he's, she's like, all right, it's all right, I'll cover it because he's kind of clumsy. Because, well, no, because he doesn't make a lot of money because he's helping, he's saving the world. Because nobody, once again, the Griff, nobody appreciates the people who do the real work. In Are America. you saying all the time he put in for that uh, that booze cruise bust? He didn't get a single dime for it. Well, he got it, but it was like minimum wage, basically. We don't we don't appreciate the people that get do the real jobs, Griff. Shit, man. 
So, you know, but that's good because Jenny's like, I don't care. I know you help the world, so I'm willing to pay this Olive Garden bill. (laughs) Which can't be more than $30. While that's going on, our buddy Ray, Hot Ray, looking like a Ken doll to come to life. Oh, he's beautiful. He's scouring those streets. He's just driving up and down, ripping it in his beautiful convertible. Stops at a red light. Three young hot babes like, whoa, my God, I want to suck your dick. Like that out of nowhere. These women are just throwing themselves at Ray. Ray just looks back, giving a little smile. He, he's used to it. You this. think he'd be like one of the Beatles or something, the way they were just like sh- cheering women for him. in Phoenix love drug investigated bureau people. <laughs> Dibs. dibs they love their dibs and they're like whoa and he's like he gets a, he's, he's like i'm gonna fuck these three bras and then he gets a call on his, on his unfortunately yeah i love this because we even see this in uh and wednesday or, or sunday special episode on starskin hutch <laughs> he's just got the fucking like handhold phone payphone phone that's just wired up to his car like he answers that and he gets a call that i guess they found something something Suspicious going at Tetra Imports. Yeah. Call up your partner because, you know, you guys got to head down over to the Tetra Imports. There's some shady shit going on down there, and you need to investigate it. So I think he gives a call to show, but he's on. He's, this is date night. Exactly. This, is, this isn't cell phone era, guys. So they call, he calls his messaging service. Yeah. So, I mean, they get shows, uh, you know, answering machine, which, of course, is, Hello, this is Shiro. I not here. Leave message for me or Shane or Kane. Beep. And it's a giant console. It takes up the whole table. It does, yeah. It's but beautiful. It works. It's tech, man. That's tech for you. So he leaves a message, and then he sneaks in. And this is a very weird import place. I, they've got a lot of fucking irons in the fire, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we see a bubbling... Cauldron? I don't know yeah. what. Yeah, witches I thought, brew. I was waiting for the hot naked bitches to come out with like ugly faces or something on their I face. I was waiting for something like Revenge of the Ninja where they torture people in a hot tub. What the fuck? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the fucking show is just like have some kind of bubbling liquid in my movie now. But you saw that. Did you see that and go, this is coming up later? Of course. You okay. That. Why would they have that? I would be disappointed if they didn't throw somebody in it. That's kind of what uh, part of my problem with this movie was, is everything they were going to use stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it was very telegraphed. Yeah. And he immediately gets captured. Well, the first thing he does is he goes over and he, he oh, you know, right. he's eluding everybody and he sees these beautiful bags of that nice, sweet South American coffee. That's, That's where right. you get the good beans from, man. Right. And so he's like, oh, shit, I can't, you know, I'm on a cop salary here. We didn't get paid for our last big budget booze cruise bu- right, bus. Right, we just learned they, get, they don't get paid yeah. good. So he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cut one of these bags and take some beans for myself. He's going to fill his pockets, you know? He cuts open the bag, and he reaches in there, and oh, he's so bummed out. He finds just a big bag of Coke. What are you gonna do with that? What is what is what is a good honest cop gonna do with it? Just he's about to do a little gummy and nummy. What, what did our nummy. boy nummy <laughs> on his gum to see if it's legit? He gets captured. Yep. So we cut back to uh, I think our man show. He's like checking his messages because he's still on the clock because he he's dedicated. Yeah. So Ray, who has now been thumped by a goons, he's been taken to our main bad guy. Who you've? Uh, well, we see we get a shot of him arriving at the Phoenix airport, and I don't want to. I I don't know what's going on with this guy's outfit. He's wearing later hosen with a billowy pirate shirt and a and a terrorist scarf. He's very mixing and matching. 
big terrorist scarf. We were talking about terrorist scarves last week. And we know something's going on with this guy because he looks like an 80s Dennis Miller. He's got that fucking flowing mullet. I was excited for this villain. We usually get the old white gentleman villains. We get right. this. Well, he's like, a hench, so he really isn't technically the villain. I thought he was going to be a fucking villain. I was excited for Murray. In the first 30 minutes, I was like, okay, guys, I get it. You're telegraphing this a little hard and everything. I'm okay with this. I like this villain. I want to see what we're going to do with him. So we see him. He's he's brought forth. His name is Havelock. <clears throat> he's brought before, Ray's brought before him. And we see also not only are is it a export place, a hot tub place, it's also a smithy. They do blacksmithing here. They yeah. So they have these like coal, these hot embers, or maybe it's a sauna thing. Maybe it's maybe that's heating the bubbling pool upstairs because they take them downstairs. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Who fucking knows? And he's like got the poker in it. He's just like poking around. Yeah, he's gonna interrogate our our, our homeboy Ray, and he's sh- of course he's immediately hitting. He's like, I know you're you're not even the second fiddle. You're like the ninth fiddle. I need to know where your friend is. You know, your Orient friend. He said Orient? He didn't even say Oriental? Orient. Ooh, wow, that's a real deep. deep. And this is a man of the world. He's traveling everywhere. And he's like, him an Orient. Strip him down. I'm like, wow, why, why is it? I thought they were going to take him to what, uh, Once Lake again, like, like, like above the law, why did he make that guy strip his pants off? I don't. Humiliation? Um, I'm going to go ahead and ruin this for later, but that's his thing. He likes stripping people down and then well, men, yeah. Yeah. And then whipping them with, you know, markers. <laughs> well, he does that too. He and he's <laughs> he's poking and prodding our poor boy, Ray. And while that's going on, we get Shiro gets he's checking, he's like, Sorry, babe. Do the calls. Ray need me. <laughs> and he does he's like, Oh, I can't have you for even one night. She was so she, like she was so confident that this night she had his she had her hooks sunk in so deep. She well, was she's like planning this night for weeks, bro. Murray, she was telling him. He's like, don't worry. Once the big yacht rock bust goes down, I'm all yours. Yeah. And she's been counting the days now, dude, with the fucking mark on the fucking uh, like, calendar. I heard uh, a part of the extras on the DVD, he gets a bunch of voicemails from, or excuse me, answer. What did you call those back in the day? I forget. I don't know. Messages? I, think, I don't even think I it was think an answering machine. Them. I think it was a, literally an answering service. Yeah. Would, like... But they get a bunch of, she's leaving them a bunch of answering machines. Again, this is on the DVD extras. You can go listen to these. Right. So she's There's a leaving... whole five-minute scene they cut out for yeah. time reasons. And he's just checking his messages, and you get her on the phone. Hey there, I'm keeping it nice and warm for you here. Boop. It's real wet and slippy down here for you. Boop. Wow. I got to tell you. That girl is <laughs> some hot fucking sex talk there. It's yeah, wet she, and slippy. Wet <laughs> slippy. Oh. <laughs> but, of course, so. Shiro, Shiro thinks with his with his, I don't know, I don't want to call it his brain. It's more like his lust for death. Like he, his he, rage for honor, his rage, his raging. Because we're going to learn later on. That's a very that's a genetic trait of all Japanese. But we'll learn that yes. later. Yes. Oh my god. So yeah. So he heads over to uh, to Tetra Imports. Yep. And he sees it looks fishy, so he sneaks in. No, nope, of course he's going to sneak in. Walks by that hot tub, has to throw somebody. You had to throw somebody in there. Well, yeah. Now the guards are everywhere, and they're crawling like video game tactics, where they just walk in a six foot path back and forth. So shows like I've learned this pattern. <laughs> you know how we pointed out last week how real 
real life the cops looked like, the shadow cops. These are some real life guys I could see working in an import place. They're totally out of shape looking. It's middle true. Aged. I'll get you know what? That was one of the things I credited to this, but at the end, it's like they took all of their, their goons and shuffled them together because you have like these highly sophisticated goons and then you have these goons mixed in. And it's like what are we doing? We're just scraping from the bottom of the barrel. This is supposed to be the big guys here. Anyways. So he's Shio is stalking people. He's using some of his ninja weapons. He's killing people left and right. He actually does use a uh, a pistol. He is shooting people. Well, this is like Sho trying, like, maybe this was his, his downfall, Sho Kazugi, is that he tried to get out of the ninja shit and try to go more into, like, the, your straight action. Well, much like Chuck Norris did, where he was more of a martial arts guy, and then he became a gun guy. Right. But I maybe, mean, like, people just wanted ninja shit from Sho. Sho could still definitely get a kick in there. Chuck Norris at show's age here. Show could be 32 right now, and I'd still say the same statement. Chuck Norris couldn't kick. He looked like uh, our friend uh, Stan in uh, the Midnight Express when he was trying to deliver <laughs> those kicks right to the midsection. And you he's know, hitting the knees. That was Chuck Norris. Show Kazuki can still kick a guy in well, the shit. face. The guy can. Well, we'll see later. He can jump 15 feet in the air. <laughs> so, anyways. But, yeah, he's he doing does, flips. He does. Do. Lot. Thankfully, this place also sells mini trampolines. Yeah. So, Sho can do all these flips that he needs to do. Mm. He does get a couple Shuriken kills in here because he does a somersault, and then he pops up. He does a little pe- pep up when he's done with the somersault. Throws a couple Shurukens, gets a couple more kills. And then Shiro, he finally stumbles upon that little cauldron, not cauldron, uh, the little smithing uh, uh, ashtray. What do they call that fucking job? I thought it was a smithy. Isn't that what they call it? I guess so. But it's just like a giant thing where they- Hearth. Hearth? But it's not really a hearth. Yeah. It's it's almost like a barbecue. Yeah. It was a hibachi. Uh, It's a hibachi for armor smithing. Giant hibachi. Yeah. And he finds Ray- Bloody, battered, and naked. Worst looking blood ever. It looked like someone took a marker on him. And Ray's like, mid-twenties, white male, Havelock. <laughs> and then he died. He really did that. He like gave like the guy's details. I know, yeah. Beautiful mullet. Wry sense of humor. Dennis <laughs> Miller. And so he gives show all he needs. Yeah. And, and then we see – and I'll, okay, I, I want to talk about the, the dressing this guy had. Okay, like I said, he had lederhosen, billowy pirate shirt, crazy terrorist scarf, and then he had a fucking Sherlock Holmes coat with a little cape on it. He was really going crazy with the mixing and matching. I don't – I like – I honestly, based on – oh, my he's upset – Based on just, like, like, what he was wearing and everything, I was really into this guy as a villain. I was like, I kind of fucking hate He's a gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. I was like, this guy's a piece of shit. And so he takes off, shows down in the basement with Ray, and they're, like, they're pouring gasoline. As he's walking out, his goons are pouring gasoline. Yeah, he overheard the description, and he's like, he only thinks I'm 20? No, I'm younger than that. You think I look like Dennis Miller? I'm much funnier than Dennis Miller. And so finally he's like, you'll be saying goodbye with your friend. And then he shuts the fucking door and all of his goons start gassing the place up. And he gets he's going right out the door and he, he takes out that match. He's got a nice matchbook there. He lights up a little hand-rolled cigarette, tosses the match. I don't think he has anything good to say because there's like 14 lines in this movie. And boom, the whole place explodes. We're like, holy shit, Shiro's dead. They made sure we know this place exploded, too. They spent four minutes just filming this place exploding. 
So we're like, I guess the movie's over with. I mean, yeah. why, nobody can survive that. 12 minutes in. Unless they're a ninja. Ooh. Because the cops arrive in the fire department, and they're checking it out. And then we just see in that hibachi, you see a little, uh, the, the, the ashes are moving. Yep. Show just pops out of the ashes. Apparently, you can just dive under ashes, and that'll protect you from explosion. I mean, there was those giant. I was waiting for him to climb down from the the chimney thing. That's what I was waiting for. Because I could see maybe he survived. No, that I way. I think where he was made sense because there was like the fortified like cement walls to because it was like fucking hot as shit. Shit got it. But in that's there. the thing. What he, we just saw earlier, there hot embers under. How did he? Well, get no, there in wasn't there? anything hot under there yet. Yeah, there was. How do you think he was torturing Andre? Did he, he had, heat the, it he up had a hot there? poker? Yeah. Jesus Christ. This is a new power of the ninja we didn't know about. Turn heat your... resistance. Yeah. yeah the 10th. Well, Jesus Christ. But, of course, show, no selling it like he's on an AEW show, just gets right out of there, fucking brushes off the fucking flaming hot embers. Sneaks and he's like, out. Doesn't even talk with the cops or anything. He's just yeah. gone. He's like, I got to go talk to my captain right now at home. I got to go knock on his front fucking door. Well, hey, they just lost a fucking member of the dibs. <laughs> There's only eight of them, so you know you gotta keep you gotta keep track of everybody. So he gets over to his captain's house, and again he wakes him up. Captain comes down. He's like, "Oh, what are you? Oh, what are you going on Sterling, about?" that prick. Damn, my wife's actually hot and hot to trot tonight, and you're gonna interrupt this. It's gonna ruin everything for everybody. And who says? Who reveals that there's an inside man? Was it show? It was show. Of course, okay, it was show. There must everything. be a mole. Yeah, I know this. I sense it with my ninja power. And he's like, oh, you're crazy. You're, you're talking nonsense. No! I must rage for Anna. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not. You're not, you're not going to Argentina. No. Yes. I quit then. And he just quits. He hands in his gun and badge. And his scarf. Peels it off. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you. And then we see. And we're, we're supposed to think Sterling, he's in on it. I, we're supposed yep. to believe that he's the mole. Because he's looking very suspicious. Occasionally, for some reason, has a British accent, which is always suspicious to me. He even mentioned it, but yeah, show reveals that he's like there was a there, there's got a, there was a tip from our switchboard. There's no way else what anyone else would have heard it, so we know that somebody, somebody gave on Ray inside, bad information. Yeah, yep, gave Ray bad information. There's bad, there's an inside man, and he's working against us. And the captain was like, "No, there isn't. No. Not a big deal. Fake news." Anybody who is that confident, again, this guy is waiting to get back to his wife, so he's just trying to say anything to get his wife out. once a year, if that. So if he's, that. and this is the time she's feeling it. And it's usually Christmas, and this isn't Christmas, <laughs> right? You know, holiday. This spirit. is Olive Garden Day, <laughs> and so I, mean, I guess the breadsticks really got to her. Hey, that garlic butter sauce really gets you going. So Shiro's like, "Fuck you! I'm going to Argentina because I'm gonna I'm gonna rage for some honor and revenge my friend's death." Yep. So we cut to Argentina. We're back in Argentina. We're just there like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. We're going to go back and forth between Argentina and... And you didn't put it in the notes, but I want to point out, there's a scene where we learn that Havelock is the thinking man's villain because he's watching a guy do his katas. And he's just like, nice form, babe. You look like Sam O'Hung on a morphine drip. He's just... just skewering this guy, roasting him. And the guy's like, oh, really? He's like... He's like, he's like, yeah, man, I, a thinking man doesn't have to do all that shit. He uses his brain. Yeah. 
And so, like, Havelock has never done martial arts in his life, but defeats this guy in two seconds. Yeah, it's like he watched a couple of Steven Seagal movies or something because he just uses the guy's own force yes. against him. He fights without fighting. Yeah, the guy comes charging at him, and he just does a little wrist flip to him, and he's like, do you know what a drop toe hold is, motherfucker? Learn it. Walk! And he destroys the guy, and then he meets up with his boss. I don't know what the boss's name is. I want to say Juan. I couldn't figure it out because <laughs> okay. this movie introduces characters. There's so many villains that were nameless, and I right, fucking hated well, it. Well, we'll call him Juan. And he's we're sort of setting up this is the main villain. This, yeah. this, that was the scene. But we also see a greasy, scummy-looking piece of shit with a mustache. Yeah. Who's like sweating, looking around, and then he bumps into our buddy. Uh, it looked Dick. like he was walking in the set of Hard Target, you know, the graveyard set. It was, yeah. It did look yeah, nice. but it was during the daylight, so you didn't recognize him. And he runs into our buddy Dick, who I didn't remember at all from the beginning of the movie, but apparently he was one of Shiro's friends. Yeah. And he's like, What's going on, Harry? I haven't seen you in a while. I got a big tip, a real big one. I got a core dump. You know, the mother load. It's got all the context, all the evidence, everything you need. But it's in code. Can you read code? <laughs> He's like, of course I can read code. And it's on a floppy disk. Can you handle that? <laughs> we got our nerd Franklin down at the station. You know Franklin. Is his head still? Franklin's sassy, but he gets the job done. He get, yeah, Harry's like, Franklin will do it. I don't like the way he treats, you know, he's a misogynistic uh, cybercist, but he'll get the job done. <laughs> he's an incel, yeah. but he excels in intel. <laughs> so, so we set that up that I'll get you the floppy. Later on, I'll meet you at the hotel. They are very loose with this man, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like that either. So we're back to the show. He's flying in. He's brought the baby. He's like... All right, I promised you, you know, we'll get a vacation. He wants, he's doing, he's he's multitasking. Yeah, he's trying to play it off, and she, Jennifer is trying her hardest to pretend that this is a romantic trip. So she's like, hey, I think you need a blanket, maybe two, maybe three. And he's like, I'm feeling like, pretty comfortable. And he's like, no, uh, and she's like unzipping him, like, you need wow. a couple blankets. Not even like in the bathroom. He's like, she's no. like, I'm going to jerk you off right out in the open. Yeah. You could do this in the 80s, guys. This was before 9 11. She, she's, I mean, the, the third person in their, in their fucking aisle was like fast asleep. So she's like, <laughs> well, that was weird that she had reached over that guy because they had him, he was in the middle. <laughs> But, you know, when the urge hits you, sometimes. Hey, you, just... you know, she's a window seat and he's an aisle seat. So you got to, you got to go with the flow. So we get a little uh, relaxation, and we land, and we Dick shows up to meet him at the gate, and he mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey man, here's all the details. Havelock's here. We got the floppy coming later on at the at your at your hotel conveniently." Yeah. So we head to the hotel, and of course, uh, Hav's guys are already trailing them. They are, they they're a step ahead. Right, Coney, I think was his name. I think it was, yeah. He was very dry meat. Very dry meat. And so Jen's like, I got to freshen up. I, I got jizz in my hand, you know. So I'm going to go up, take a shower, and let you men do your job. Show looking fucking like Asian Sonny Crockett. He's got the fucking white jacket with the sleeves pushed up, yeah. baggy ass fucking linen pants. Looking good, show. And we see that as they head off to the like the little, uh, I don't know what they call them, the little lounge room in the hotel. They're like an order a couple of drinks. They got the p- live piano playing and everything. Beautiful setup. Our goons, our henches have walked into the hotel they see Jennifer with that uh, with show, so they nod to each other, and one guy jumps in the elevator with Jennifer. Oh, shit. 
Right. So she's up there. I think she's doing like a, a, a whore bath where she just gets a posh cloth, wipes her pits and her crotch. But she's cleaning up. And our mulleted hench walks right in. Yeah. I like the first shot they have because he opens the door and she's expecting Shiro to come in because right. no one locks the doors in this movie. That's right. another thing I loved about this movie. No one locks a door. And they have uh, right in front of the door, they had like the fog window. So you just see this shaping and you're like, oh, that's probably him. It's yeah. not him, though. Oh, yeah, right. It's our mullet man. And he immediately starts strangling her. Yeah, comes in, goes for the strangle. She go. She tries to Strangle retreat out. The whole baby. <laughs> Don't fucking nuge me, man. <laughs> and she breaks free and immediately runs to the balcony. Yeah. Which is what you do when you're being chased. Go to the place you cannot escape from. And he goes, all right, went in Rome, throws her over. Yeah. So they're having like this whole tussle. He's she's stomping been, on her hands. She's going to be hanging out here for all of 14 minutes because we go back down to Shiro, who's just talking it over with Dick, shooting the shit with Dick. And he's, you know, he's talking about how he's uh, going to be bailing. He's leaving Buenos Aires. He's like, I got to go up to Rio. Got to do some great right. recon there. You know what I mean. Right. Wink, wink. Lady boys. Yeah, and exactly. He's, and Shiro's like, he's like, Shiro, let it go. I've already forgotten about Ray. Let it go. Because what they wanted was the evidence to uh, lock uh, Havelock and his crew up, I guess. And they yes. had that with the Lappy. with the core dump that Harry was going to give them, right. and he's like, "Well, I just I can't do it because my raging honor boner. I gotta I gotta sate this boner." So he's like, "Speaking of boners, I'm gonna go bang my broad." So he's yeah. like, and he he's like, "Come here, come here." She jerked me off on the plane. It's like you got a handy up in the sky, the mile high sky club. What? Yeah. And he's like, they giggle like schoolgirls and they high five each other and they and they separate. So Shiro, he's walking, hey, babe, ready for round two. <laughs> and he sees her dangling. And he, instead of going to that balcony, he goes to a, a neighboring balcony. I know. the th- He's got the threats back to him. <laughs> and instead of jump kicking him, he goes around the other way. And he's like, hey, you guys. And he, there's a, it happens to be it's like a trapeze. And he swings. What confidence you have to have to be like, that's, that is going to hold my weight. And not just my weight, but me. Jumping, grabbing onto it, and then swinging off it, vaulting off of it. Amazing. Kicks the dude in the face, grabs him, just throws a, throws a uh, great dummy. Goes flying. The dummy I, just glides away because it weighs like six ounces. But, yeah. But, <laughs> 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 like a paper airplane. It's like, it just it's just out. a blow-up doll with a suit thrown on it. <laughs> and he pulls up Jan. Oh, Jan's and doing all right. You they're, know? They're just, I mean, the excitement... Oh, the thrill of almost dying does nothing to Jen. She is stone-faced. She's just like, oh, so what are you going to do for dinner tonight? Are we going to go? Uh, do they have an olive garden here? Like, I don't know what to eat. I don't know what to do. Where are we? We're in Buenos Aires. But then we go back down to the lobby, Murray. The lounge room. We see Harry. He's like, hey, Dick, I got that cord up for you. Whips out that one floppy. Every all the evidence. It's not your Murray. No, it's not your average three and a half inch floppy. This is the nine and a half floppy. So it's the size of, it's the size of a vinyl record. It is the laser disc of floppies. You know, it's like you're gonna get me out of here because I'm dead. Yeah, I'm like don't worry about it. We got this, the 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 plane set for Rio. Yeah, Dick's all excited, and Harry's like, I'm glad you're excited and everything. I'm happy to get this information to you. But what about? 
Dick, Harry. Oh, I got their names confused. Harry Dick. Yep, Harry Dick. And he's like, don't worry, Harry. We're going to get you out of here. Just go putz around outside by yourself for a little while. Yeah, I don't want to be seen with you. You're a loser. We got you a charter plane. It's no big deal, Harry. Just good. meet us there. Just have a cigarette. Go, go on your own. Meet us there at some time, four, five, nine. We'll be there when we're there. Just don't worry about it, Harry. You're, you're fine. No one knows anything that's going on So we here. cut back up to Shiro, and she's like, Jen's like, look, Shiro. I almost died. You need to stop raging your honor. Yeah. And he's like, what am I if I don't have my rage for my honor? I'm not a man. Yeah. How do you think I get it up for you, Jen? It's my honor. That's an honor boner every night. raging honor boner. Raging honor boner. And so he's like, look, I made a mistake. You're going to go on. You're going with fucking uh, Harry or Dick or whoever the fuck we're talking about. Dick. To Rio. Have a good time with the lady boys. Well, no. Murray, come on. She's like, I need you to make a choice here. Well, yeah, of course. This is the ultimatum. She's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I almost got murdered. I'm hot to trot. I wanted you to plow me right now. And all you could talk about is jumping on dick, finding Harry, and catching a plane to to Rio or something. Rio. And he's like, no choice. This is an obligation. And then he gives a very friend zone hug to her, pats her on the back. Oh, yeah. It's the one. It's kind of like Donald Trump's posture where his butt sticks out and his chest flunges forward. And he just forward. stares off into the camera with that beautiful guy liner on. Yeah. And we cut back to Harry. Who's outside. Yep. He's walking out of the hotel. He's ner- He's very nervous, man. He's husky, balding. It, like, wiping the sweat off his brow. We see our band Coney, the goon to the goon. Yep. He's getting up. out of a car and crossing the street. And then we see ha- Havelock up up on a hill, like standing under a tree. It's with like a, his- He's like in a park, public yeah, park. Yeah. He's got like nine layers of clothes on as usual, like stone, <laughs> stone cold. Like Steven Seagal, he's like hiding his uh, feminine physique from right. everybody. He doesn't very- want people to know he looks like a twerp. Very billowing. And he's like, hey, Harry, what's going on? And that's the last we see of Harry. We just assume he got killed. We don't I, care because he sucks. You know what? We don't see him anymore. <laughs> he's just gone. Right. A lot of people, like AEW, just disappear. And so we're at the airport. They, they commandeer a private jet, apparently. They're, they're yeah. living like they're fucking jet flying, limo driving. Woo! And but we see the the uh, pilot. He gets knocked out by this mulleted, evil-looking individual, and then that guy puts on the pilot outfits. So we're like, oh, this doesn't look too good, guys. Yeah, and Shiro and uh, Dick, they're just like, man, we told Harry to be here five hours ago. I know we just arrived, but we told him to be here five hours right. ago. He's supposed to load our luggage. <laughs> Where the fuck is Harry? And they're like, well, fuck him then. I mean, he gives all the evidence we need. They're like, I, I'm going to give him. Two more seconds. All right, let's go. <laughs> it only gives him one. That's how fucking hardcore fucking Dick is. So Dick and Jen board the plane, and we just get a lot of cuts of Shiro show just looking suspicious. He's looking at the plane. He's like, huh, looking at the pilot, huh, looking at his watch. Huh. His ninja senses are tingling. He's like something's off. I think his bone. I think he needs to get off again or something because something's clouding his. It could be his raging honor boner. That's well, judging Jen. Us. She's like Dick. You know, Shiro. What's going on with him? Why is he they're, raging? They're for on his the honor? plane flying yes. away now. Why are these raging for his honor? And he's like, Look, man, you don't get about Japanese people. Is 
They're genetically predisposed to be honorable. All yeah. right? It's just a thing they do. I mean, except when they're like sneak attacking Pearl Harbor or raping Chinese women or throwing babies on bayonets. They're honorable people. Storming the Capitol. They're honorable businessmen. And I respect honorable businessmen. Not drug dealers that are poisoning our streets with their trash. So Jen just nervously... I'm telling these motherfuckers. He just goes off. He does, he does the whole samurai cop fucking monologue. And just like me right now, Jen doesn't know what to do. She's, <laughs> shrieking, she's shrinking into her fucking luxury seat because they're in a beautiful private jet here. So she's like, I think I'll have another drink. <sighs> so Shiro, I don't know. Where did he get this information? Because he, he shows up at Rova Exports. Which makes sense. The only reason I could think of is in Tetra Plant was the Rova Exports coffee. It Probably. was written on the bag. There you go. So Solved it, I right. figured it out. I had watched their YouTube horrible show being the DIB elite on YouTube to figure that out, though. So he's staking out. He's got the fucking Star Wars fucking little scope with all these readouts on it. Oh, I love it. He, like I said before, he's a fucking little tech nerd, man. He's probably got Google glasses. He's uh, he's a, I don't remember, what's the kid? Gadget? Dave, the kid from Goonies. He's that kid. I don't Asian know. I've kid. never seen the Goonies. Well, you're lucky because it sucks. And so he's got the little spyglass. He's looking. All the readouts. It's like got fucking infrared. He's heat signature. Yep. You can tell which guy's circumcised. It's like that amazing. <laughs> so I like that I'm reading ahead in the notes and I, I look up and you're talking about circumcisions. That was a big issue with a guy who stormed the gates of uh, the Capitol building. Did you see that? No. There's always one fucking weirdo guy. It's like, no, circumcision. I'm not even making that up. There I know was, you're that not. That guy was there. Yeah. I know you're not because Matt Gates was uh, one of our fucking House Congress members was out on the floor saying, yeah, we use voice rec or voice rec. Face recognition to find all these Antifa members there. Everything is, we want credit, but we also want no blame for anything. That's the way the world works. So he starts stalking in, taking out guards. He, uh, I don't even remember this scene. Yeah, he he's t- takes out the exterior guards. He sneaks in. We're in this nice little warehouse now. And he finds some of those Rova coffee bags. And so he cuts one of them open on intuition. All these DIB guys have the same intuit. So he cuts open the bag. Maybe he, like uh, like it. our buddy Ray. That's the first day of training at DIB. I yeah. cut open a coffee bag, pull out coffee. Any kind of large bag, you just got to cut it and open. do the little NAMI. Would they know about an engine block? Last no, week we were hiding shit in the second day. Yeah, the second day. Coffee is the the like amateur way of sell, of sending out coke. So he, and remember, Griff, it's C four. You put in engine blocks. Yeah, because I know my shit. I know that shit. C four. Murray, what kind of high does that give you though? Not much. Sky high. High. Murray. So yeah, he finds the coke in the bag. So he's got all the evidence he needs, but his 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 fucking rage boner is still fucking throbbing. Yeah, he's up in the rafters of this uh, portion. Uh, it's like the office portion of this warehouse, and he's looking down. And this might have been our guy Coney. It was one well, of the villains. He sneaks into an office, and we get some exposition. Yes, we hear for some reason it's big news that a charter flight has gone missing with two people on it. That oh, makes the news. Yeah, that so was he, over like a radio. So he hears that. Yeah. And then he hears some other shit that's like related, but we don't care. And then he bought he I don't who was who was this guy's name? He had the mustache. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Let's call him Lucy. I think you put his name in here somewhere. 
I had Juan in there, and we had Coney. Alan. Alan. We can call him Alan. Oh my god, this is so Alan. Alan. He looked. I thought he looked kind of like Harry, like a skinny version of Harry, because he's like balding with a mustache. Yeah. Well, they don't have enough Coke to plant in the bags of coffee, so he has to go to the uh, storage locker where they keep it because he's got the, the numb lock to it, of course. Right. And so he's getting it out, and show he this is again his raging honor boner. Right. It just gets the best of him. He just gets furious, and he starts coming everywhere, and he starts beating this guy's ass. And he's like, "I won't have you dishonor me, my honor." And this guy goes. You want to talk about honor? Let me grab my katana. So he, why this guy's a katana? I don't know. You think he'd have a gun? He's hey, a drug I, dealer. I used to have a katana by my bed. Sometimes you just buy a katana, <laughs> okay. man. I don't know what to tell so, you. So this was a great moment because we always expect new and interesting uh, weapons from Show. Show just does like a, a fucking Wolverine goes snicked, and these fucking like daggers come off out, out of his sleeves. Yeah. And, and then like, it and also like, had. And you, I'm glad you brought up his tool shed things. They look like garden trowels that were yes, just like. They were garden you know. trowels. And then he also had like the hand spikes you would use to climb up a tree, supposedly. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. A ninja for fuck's sake. And they start going at it sword versus trowel. And the goon, after a minute or two, loses his sword. And so Sho, who is just, like, furious before, like, we thought he was Wolverine in a fucking violent rage. He sees the uh, like the honor has calmed him or something, <laughs> so he drops his trowels and he's like, "I'll fight you fist to fist, hand to hand, right. foot to foot." Yeah, it's yeah. So and they do that, and he gets. Of course, he's he's a ninja, so he gets the best of this guy. So the guy starts running slowly, and his goons are kind of like getting in the way. Yep. So show is having to like take these guys out as he gains ground back on the main goon here. We call them Allen. So he's trying to catch it's up like to the, Alan it's again. It's like the Nintendo game Kung Fu, where he's got to take out these goons to get to the boss. <laughs> and at one moment he's surrounded, but we know he's a, he's a ninja, so he's got to throw that ninja bomb. And then smoke. he is, yeah, as the smoke billows up, everyone starts coughing and everything. He fucking does a huge trapeze flip. And then he busts out. It looked like two pens on a tiny little the ball chain they have at the the bank. <laughs> you can make anything into a weapon. And so that's it. It was two ballpoint pens with a chain. And he's whipping people. And they're they're selling it like a guy in Stan Lane is hitting him. And Stan Lane is that right for yeah, this? Okay, Stan. sweet Stan. Sweet Stan is kicking him in the midsection. They're selling the fuck out of it. And what so is going the on? so he's, he, the police arrive. Yeah, he beats the shit out of everybody, and then he, his ears are attuned like a dog whistle. He hears police sirens. So, so Alan gets arrested. Yeah, Alan has retreated outside. The police catch him in their lights. Show hears this, climbs through some ducks, and escapes. But He swears on his raging boner. He will get Alan. And we see that boner, and it is magnificent. Show Kazugi, by the way, is a six-foot tall man. Six-foot one. Six-foot one. And you know what they say. When you're six-foot one, that dong is hung from the... Like a ton. Trying to rhyme, but that last one didn't work. That was bad. That was bad. And so what's going on with our bad Havlicek? Havelock. He's flowing a big rager, dude. Dude. It's nonstop parties in Buenos Aires. This is like a plantation mansion party. It's awesome. (laughs) And they got all the fucking... got like some some effeminate cowboys doing like a bolo dance. I forget what this is called, but they're like doing these ball clacker things. It's It's like, yeah, it's like like bolo type things, but they're like clacking the ground. I've seen it before. 
It's all rhythmic and everything. The it's dress beautiful. like '90s Shawn Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. Oh, fingerless gloves, heart shaped glasses. The babes from earlier are back. Oh, and they're all loving they've moved it. On to the, they've moved their way up to the next echelon, which is Havelock. You got the Foreman Grill in the background, getting that Coke nice and grilled up. You got the guy blowing harmonica Coke in someone's <laughs> face. It's it's was that. Was that was Conquest, was that like a primitive version of that? Because remember they were blowing coke into people's face. No, I, that had to be the origin of it. Yeah. Like maybe they wandered in a cave and like, we just learned a whole new way to do coke. And we, like, have Havelock's whispering in ear, like, I'm going to fucking rape and murder you. It's like, oh, it's too, it's too much for me. And everybody's having a good time. Except for Juan, who we decided to call Juan, the big boss. I'm pretty sure his name was Juan. I'm, I'm, I'm not pretty, arguing. I know, I know. It's just like I have to scroll through IMDb. They cared even less about this movie than <laughs> I did. So there's no names and no pictures for anybody, no quotes, nothing to help Griff in his fucking notes. I hate this movie for this reason, amongst others. But, yeah, so the, he comes over. And this girl is like, she is whispering in Havelock's ear. She's like, I got the leathers already upstairs. I I got the plugs. You know, I got I got the studs. I got all the cruds drained out of me. I'm ready to all go. All the crud is drained out of me. Well, she doesn't want a gross butthole for him. <laughs> like she's got to make sure it's nice and clean. I thought I thought Have you like going, is a clean clean I man. I thought you were going to say she was going to do it to him, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. It could go both way. When it's S and M, it could just as easily be M and S. Things get weird. That as well. That's a good point. So he's like, look, Havelock, that Oriental, he's still alive, and he took out Rova Exports. Oh, no, not we the We need Rova to parts. do something about them. And Alan, he's a rat. You know what a rat Alan is? we got to get rid of that motherfucker before he rats us out. And I love this because Hav, he's just like, <laughs> he's got a good evil laugh to him. I really like this about him. I don't remember what he did. Did he have a little bell or did he have a, like a little... Clap. He just no. He just said, "Get the twins." Oh, get the and twins! And then a guy disappeared. Oh, I thought I thought maybe he had like the hand symbols. And then in walks in two midgets in suits. <laughs> and this is why I love like you would never see this in a modern movie. This is what I loved about these kind of movies. Like, why not? They're visually interesting. It's two midgets. A hundred percent. Again, some of the villains very visually interesting. They just do nothing. And these guys. <laughs> We're booked on AEW. Well, they abu- they did some Apple abuse because we need to know what these guys are about. Because they got samurai. They're, they got katanas with them. Yep. And Hal was like, check this out. Throws a fucking apple in the air. Yeah, he fastballed. He's like, I got a Nolan Ryan Express for you. Chucks it at them. And yeah, they both, one cuts vertically, one cuts horizontally. And we see what a fucking uh, glory hog have is like, I got to do it too. So he throws up a half and he cuts an apple just to show these. He's like, don't like, don't think you're that hot shit. All right. And I love this because then the camera zooms in on Havelock's very serious face. And he's just got this to say to us. Sayonara, Alan. (laughs) I loved it. I love they're building up this villain. He's got no win so far. Well, I guess he's got the one he beat the, the one explosion. Guy up. He beat the one guy up that thought he was hot shit and con- But we don't even get this uh yeah uh, it's not enough. So I'm not we cut to him. the jail that Allen's at. Shiro apparently got himself arrested. Yeah, they cut this one out. They cut this scene out. So he's just getting uh put into his and cell. And I want to point out the only Spanish you hear in this movie is Vamanos. Yes. The only word you hear. And so the guy's like Vamanos. 
and puts show into doesn't doesn't check him at all. He's in his finest leather. Right. He's guyliner. He's, he's gone from the windbreaker Fonzie to the leather Fonzie. So yeah. we know he means business. I can't imagine how tight those jeans were on him, how pointed his boots were. I would have been I would have loved to seen him trot in the streets and just all the ladies like because that's what I was would have been doing if we got a full shot of show here. But as he's picking that lock with the, yeah, as soon again, as the guy leaves, he immediately pulls out another. He pulls out that pen, probably. It, it might have been the nunchuck pen. It turns into a lock pick set now. And of course, it's retractable. So he presses it and it's spring loaded. So it's like, and then he starts working at the pick. And then a rope descends from a skylight. <laughs> yeah, to, skylight you know, in the prison. To, to encourage the prisoners to. <laughs> See their lord. Heavenly glory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. It's too much. This is, I always said about people in jail. They're, too, they're looking at their finger too much, and they're ignoring the heavenly glory. That's true. Glass ceilings on all prisons. Let's have Biden make it happen. I'll believe in you if you do that, Biden. There we go. So they and these these two midgets rappel down, and they uh, they bust into Alan's uh, cell and kill him. Yeah, they just throw a shuriken in his face. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So Shiro, yeah, I think he's a little his rage boners percolating a little, and because he wanted to kill Alan himself, he doesn't even have to pick the lock anymore. He just uses his rage boner and just fucking bends bars and swarms right out. So he gets out. He takes on. He takes him out pretty easily because he this takes one out, saying. grabs their katana, and then he has a little katana fight with the other one. Yeah. So what I was saying about these guys is like we see him cut an apple, we see him throw a shuriken in a guy who is it's throwing a shuriken in a fish in a barrel, and and then they get their ass handed to him in a second by by Shiro here. Why are we building these guys? And then up? he just goes right back into the cell, shuts the door. Well, yeah, he's got to look innocent. Apparently. And then the, the the it didn't even seem like they found dead people when they walked. Like they didn't find <laughs> no, the two dead ninjas. Well, they found they, them. They just weren't that bothered by it. <laughs> they look at Shiro, go, "Well, I guess you didn't do it because you're locked up, Vaminos." And then he just walks away. Yeah. So the next morning, Shiro is being released. Why? Why didn't he just escape again and leave? I don't know. There's a, there's a, actually literally a rope hanging from the ceiling he could have escaped by. We don't even know if he was supposed to be here that long. Like, uh, what was his offense? What was he in here for? Was he just here overnight? But either way, he's being he was put into somebody else's custody. Bob Wilson works for the State Department. And so we're like, okay, this guy... He looks shady. He's a he's a spook. He works yeah. at a company, probably. Well, again, we're on the lookout. Us as the audience, we're on the lookout for somebody who was on the inside who tipped off uh, ha- ha- Havoc, Helvick, Havlock, Havlock, Havlock. And not only is he there, Sterling's there, and he's like, "Shiro, buddy, all is forgiven. You gonna help me out? We got some shit going on right now." No, I will not help you out. Well, how about I tell you this? That broad you're banging and your buddy Dick, your little butt, your little dick that you love so much, they're missing. Yeah, they were captured. Their, their plane was was uh, forced down, hijacked, and you could see the anguish on Shiro's face, and he's trying to say no. And then the captain just riddles him with this beautiful. He throws his own his own Japanese genealogy into his face. <laughs> Like your honor won't let you refuse. I got you, motherfucker. I got you. And he's like, oh, damn you, you got me again. Audience, damn in this rage boner. <laughs> we're we're and looking. He punches himself in the dick. 
It's like, damn. We're on the lookout for the rat, the insider. And here's our captain, who's a friend. They have the same house. They used to, they do key swap not, parties. And they do key swap parties. But that don't mean you're friends. That's a good point. And we've done a key swap party with a, with a person we know that we're not friends Acquaintances, Murray. That's what they call them. Yeah. Okay, okay. Friends with benefits. And like so <laughs> we're going to chopper you in. Apparently they know this, this compound that they're keeping them in. I don't know how. Oh, but just... because, well, I guess I, we, know, we, we know that there's a rat. So the rat's obviously feeding him this information because they want to trap Shiro. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know that. So he gets choppered in. They drop him off. I'm glad you put out this beautiful waterfall because the director thought they're beautiful too. Because the last half hour of this movie is just these waterfalls. Yeah, there's a lot of shots of hit, like Shiro go, uh, like traveling over the waterfalls, up the waterfalls. Great shots and everything. I think, but this is where it gets. I don't know my geography. I think it's it's called Angel Falls. I think it's a big tourist thing in okay. Argentina. That makes I could sense. be totally wrong, but that's what I think it is because there's all these waterfalls. And, uh, yeah, they're, they they are certainly beautiful. And as we see, show drop in, and he's like surveying the land, figuring out where he's going to start working his magic. This is what I love about these movies, though. Jen and Dick escape, but we don't see it. So we're saved ten minutes of our life, Griff. Like a movie that was made now, we'd have to see them escape. I'll I will say that. Like uh, it's hard because I've been saying. There's not enough of the villains winning. There's not enough of the characters. I don't give a shit about anybody. I get that Jen is a beautiful woman who will jerk you off on an airplane with a couple of blankets. Just give her a pearl necklace. She'll do whatever you want. Oh, boy. And, I'm but, talking about you're the one going in the gutter. I'm talking about a real pearl necklace. Oh, okay. I'm saying yeah. she's a whore for fucking no, jewelry. No, those, those were pearl ne- uh, earrings. That's why I was confused. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're kind of leading me that way. But what I... I don't even know where I was going. Well, Dick, Dick somehow has got a walkie-talkie somehow, and they're yeah. so they're on the run, and they're calling two two five six seven eight six seven zero zero nine. Well, Murray, it's just two two one five. I thought it was eight six seven five zero nine. No, and so they're trying to reach somebody. Apparently, that's the the channel that Shiro uses. Yeah, that that that's his go to. That that's his bank pin. You know, that's like to unlock his cell phone. That's get into his house. Everything. And we know Shiro's ready for business because when he gets dropped off, he's got a crossbow. Oh yeah, he isn't believing. He's like, guns aren't honorable. Silent. He's got to be quiet. We already saw him murder people with a gun earlier. Silent. Got to have a crossbow. And he's a ninja. So he's like lurking through the jungle. And then we see, I, I've seen enough Italian movies to know, Griff, that everybody who lives in the jungle is a cannibal. Yes. So we see all these cannibals lurking, watching him. And we also know that Havelock is landing on this island, learning of his uh, little capturees, Dick and, I want to call her Jane, Jen, are running from him. So he and his goons, who are like his uh, Creedence Clearwater-looking, you know, like wearing flannel, beards, crazy hair, working on the dock motherfuckers, are running around the jungle. So so like you said, we have these tribesmen cannibals. lurking. Cannibals lurking. <laughs> we have Hav and his goons lurking, and then we have Shiro, and we have uh, Dick and Jen running around out there. We all know cannibals' favorite weapon is the blow dart. Of course. Uh, but we also know Sh- Shiro is a ninja, so he can dodge even a dart. This is coming right out of our, our, our not a, was it Beast? No, it wasn't Beastmaster. It was uh, Conquest. 
He ran into the reeds. <laughs> he, there was an opening surrounded right. by we, reeds, and apparently Shiro has not seen that movie because he would have known <laughs> to just sit there, listen for a minute, and then drop down because all these fucking darts are shooting over his head. Well, he starts blocking them with his fucking pen nunchucks. And then he goes, oh, yeah, well, one turn deserves another. And he whips out his fucking shuriken, hits another, hits a cannibal, and then he just takes off. And he's, he's being chased by, like, a whole tribe of cannibals. You would think they would know the jungle, where to lead them off and everything. But these guys, they're so awe, in awe by this. They've never eaten a Japanese, man. So they're intrigued. They're like, that's, that's some Kobe beef right there. And oh so they're, they're, they're in a fog. And speaking of fog, Shiro... Can you be racist if you're a cannibal that eats anything? No, that's not racist at all. It's being diverse. That's what I think, yeah. yeah I didn't say they were racist. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, that wasn't... I'm not throwing I, mean, I would never eat a non-white that was just, person. That but was just that's a just, question that's for just the universe. That's just a matter of taste, not yeah. a race. Yeah. <laughs> but so Shiro throws a ninja bomb, <laughs> which they're, they're primitive people. So just throw, just, he th- they think he's a god now. Right. And uh, he jumps because he has been – it's like the fugitive. He's been pushed back to a waterfall. And so he's like, smoke bomb, waterfall. And they're still – like they scatter for a little while, but a couple get to cover and they're like, all right, what's going on with him? And they're getting ready to like throw some spears at him, you know, maybe throw throw whatever else they have nearby, rocks and shit. But uh, that's when Sho shows off another one of his weapons and throws like one of his shuriken bombs and like – it's imbued by the talents of Dazzler because it explodes in fireworks, and they're all just like, "Nope, we're done. We're out." Right. Primitive Peace. people. You did. You did it. You got us. So, Shiro's like, "Well, now that I jumped off this this uh, waterfall, I gotta get back to the top." Yeah, yeah. He like rounds the corner. He just round, goes over, rounds the corner, Murray, and he's like, "Okay, I'll climb up this waterfall now." So he pulls out his grappling hook. Uh, he's like Green Arrow. He's got all these trick arrows for his crossbow. Of course. One's got a grappling hook on it. Gets up there, pulls himself up. We get that moment where we think it's going to unlatch, but he nick of time, he gets right over the ledge. Yeah, we, we see it. It's about to slip, but he grabs onto some brush that's right there, and it's very strong. It's the strongest brush I've ever seen in my life. So we need a break. So we cut to have. He's just looking around. We cut to Jen and Dick. They're just 2215, 2215. Trying to call in and everything. And then we go back to Shiro, who's come across another, again, waterfall. They're making sure to make the most of the water right. features they of this island. They paid a lot of money to get the chopper into this area. And it's really good. They're good shots. I, I'll give them that. It's, it's something to look at here. And Shiro's like, I got to get over there. And he's looking at his gadgets, and he's thinking about his tool shed, and he's thinking about Shane and what he would nearly murder his son with. And he's like, I got it. He shoots an arrow, and then he shoots, like, something else to clip onto it, and it creates some kind of rope for him to cross right. with. It's like a tightrope almost. It is kind of like a tightrope. It'd be cooler rope. if he actually tight rope walked across no, it. He, yeah. he just pulls himself along. Very bad green screen. Shiro's got enough talents. He doesn't need to have that well, talent as well. He didn't have that talent because he's using green screen because it's really bad looking. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. And, uh, he's falling asleep at this point. He's about halfway across, and then, of course, the tribesmen come out, the cannibals. And they shoot arrows, and god damn, wouldn't you know, this guy, this tribe must be, be the fucking, you know, he must be the green arrow of his tribe, because he hits this fucking rope with an arrow. He's been conquesting it, I like our hero. Know, I don't even know the physics, like the angles you could get to hit a fucking vertical rope, or horizontal rope, I should yeah. say. 
I don't know, but he's been training with Ilias. But it breaks, and then we get we get a shot of uh, Shiro. He's holding one side of the rope, and the other great facial. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And you get like the the water rushing beneath them. You're like he can't fall under there. Very Indiana Jones. Like if he die, if he falls, he dies. You see like alligators popping up, snakes, mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. You see Indiana Jones struggling. And then we. I'm glad you brought that up because then he just swings with bam, 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 bam. I don't know. I don't know how they got the rights to that, but they did it somehow. Uh, I I think they bought just those few frames of that scene. And that it was actually not even show. It was just. It was weird scene. how there was an Asian kid said, "I love you, Shiro." I love you, Shiro. <laughs> and then he swings over to the other side. I and, love this because he swings about ninety feet. If you know anything about trajectory, turpidity, anything like that, trepidity. I we know, know all Sh- about trepidity. We but. know Shiro knows about that because of his former characters, but he goes. He crashes into that cliffside like a whisper. He's a no, ninja. It's just. Be like water. He is like water, except never mind. I don't know what I'm going And with. we see the tribe and shake their fists, but they, at least they got his crossbow, so they're happy. So we never see the cannibals ever again. He kills so, a bunch of them, but we never see him again. He, he climbs up that rope. He's up on this cliff side, and he rolls through, and he, he just immediately he starts to hear his radio chirping. And during all of this, he managed to keep his radio on his belt yeah, buckle. Right. And so it two two one five two two one five, and, and he's like, we're here. We're over by the waterfall. And he's like, of course you are. Motherfucker. Hey, I'm at Disneyland. I need you to help find me. I'm by the tram. And as soon as they go, well, we'll meet you there. But the tram, Hav shows up. Havelock. This is, uh, we're we're cutting over to Jen and Dick yeah, now. Yeah, Jen and Dick. And he's like, he captures them. So while that's going on, I, apparently there's a lot of fucking goons. All the the cannibals are done. Now we have goons. Yeah. I, so one side of the cliff is, or one side of the river is the tribal people, and the other side, you thought they would. I don't know because like, like you said, it does get kind of monotonous this whole end. So uh, I don't know if the, it's already passed, but I just want to point out there's a scene where I think it was with the cannibals where Shiro has a katana between his teeth, and he's literally swimming in like six inches of water. Like he's just like crawling through the water i don't remember that at uh, all yeah well that sounds like it'd be in the second half here because the tribes people didn't have swords and show didn't bring a sword i don't know how he got a sword but he well a sword. the 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 people on this side the fucking hillbillies of course the hillbilly would have a sword. seriously i don't know why these guys weren't fighting it out more because there's hillbillies with like assault rifles and, and and fucking little uh short swords well getting back to where we were earlier so Shiro, all he, he's he's like, I guess I got to use nature because I've run out of weapons. So he, uh, okay, why are the you, okay? So they're, they <laughs> they have guns, they have katanas, and then they have bamboo sticks. Yes, they, I, I didn't get so like the bad guys are carrying bamboo sticks, like six foot staffs. I I don't know. The only thing I can explain is like these guys. I think it's just another like thing that that. Show Kazuki can show off. Like, look at my like staff skills. Look at my uh, survivalist skills. I can just use anything amongst me. It, th- this is to show uh, as to Steven Seagal showing up at, and grabbing a pool cue in a pool hall. You know. Well, he takes a lot of guys out with a stick, and he starts running. He's still running for that river to, to meet up with Jen and Dick, and he runs right into the old jungle traps. Yep. And this is this is pretty cool. It's it's some kind of gadget, and we're used to seeing jungle traps where it's like the snare that pulls you up, or right. maybe a pitfall. This one, he trips over a wire, and it triggers a chest high, fucking like I, I like horribly torqued 
trap that shoots into his chest. It's spikes, yeah, it's a spike thing. Yeah, and he gets he gets them lunged into his ribs, but, and he he's just but he like, catches what? it enough that it doesn't penetrate too far, just like an inch into his chest. It's just touching the heart, yeah. not piercing it. And so we cut back over to uh, Havelock. And he's standing, he's got his own little encampment again with the hillbilly who just, you know, strumming along to some credence on their acoustic guitars that they have nearby. And he heard that noise. He heard the punji trap go off. And so he's like, I got to get ready. And we see Dick there and he's got Dick tied up and he markered all over him. Apparently he died of fume inhalation or something. Was that what he was doing? He was just rubbing a marker underneath his nose? It must be because I hear that in a minute here, Shiro does not give a shit about Dick. And we never not. see he's, Dick he's a real again. Man, he doesn't care about Dick. Yeah, doesn't and, want any competition. Uh, yeah. And so, okay, where are we at now? So they go after show. They go back to the trap. The trap's empty. Yep. They sends the goons and Havelock uh, frees Jen, and we're like, why is he freeing Jen? Jen runs down to like this little he's a sick stream. piece of shit. Griff. Yeah, he's just like getting some more thrill. This is a cat among, playing with a mouse. Right, he's doing that kind of game, and so now show's got more goons to deal with. And this is where you can you know pick that back up, Murray. Well, he's just taking people out with his fucking staff and shit. <laughs> and then finally, he meets up with Havelock because he sees Havelock stalking Jen. And he goes, no, Rage Mona. And how do they? Well, see, he. So Havelock just carries a katana with him because there's, there's a sword fight now. Apparently. Because Show gets a, a sword fight. Show, all Show has now is a katana and that floppy. Floppy's still in the back of his pants, like tucked in. That's in Havelock's pants. Ha- that's right. No, it, it was in Dick's. That's what. That's why they stripped him down. That's why Havelock strips people down to find floppy disks. Because we saw that floppy disk hanging out the underwear, the back underwear of. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even be up the Dick. small of your back because it's the size of a laser disc. But <laughs> yeah, well, it was, he thought it was a back brace at first. Yes, and that's yeah. You're right. He finds it and then he puts it in the small of his pants. Because and you're, you're wrong. Havelock does not have a sword when they fight in the water here. I don't know. They just find sticks. They're going tribal. They're going conquest I thought here. They were they're, sword fighting. They're just fighting sticks and shit, man. I just don't know where all these swords are coming from. I I don't know. I don't know where half the weapons are coming from. Like some people have guns, other people have fucking sticks. It's it's insane. Okay, so there's stick fighting, and of course we we just saw earlier show was the master of the stick, so he takes out Havelock. Yeah, and then he, we see a really bad dummy float away in the rapids. So it's supposed to be Havelock. This this is where I was like, oh good, the movie's over, and I I hit pause and I wrote up my final little notes, and I was like, I'm so happy this is done. He's gonna go get Jen. A helicopter's gonna come down we're going to be done no. and it was like this is the flattest ending ever because it was just like stop hitting my hands and then you just see havelock <laughs> looking up like bye and you know show reaches just, into his body surfs away yeah show reaches in his pants and grabs the laser disc right so much like you shiro thinks it's over he's like i got the flop it's it's waterproof apparently. Yeah, let's save this movie from being a flop and ending it. Oh wait, no, let's let it go for another twenty five minutes. So they they find like a village, an empty village. Maybe they go back to the compound that they were keeping Jen and Dick. I don't know. But it's but, a whole new village. But they radio in to we're assuming Sterling and Wilson to send help. Yes. 
And they send a chopper. Yep. Of course, they confirm he's got the desk. He's got the goods. Let's go pick him up. And the chopper shows up, and there's a guy dressed in camouflage ninja outfit, and he just starts unloading with a machine gun like fucking Jesse Ventura has in Predator. And so shows like doing flips, dodging the bullets. I don't know what Jen's doing. I don't think anybody cares. Jen's gone. Jen's disappeared. And then the chopper lands, and they get out, and they have these are some fuck. These are from the show Kazugi collection. We get some crazy ass weaponry. We get a fucking staff with a, a sharpened crucifix on the end. Yeah. We get the guy who's got the garden uh, uh, trowel or whatever it's called, but it's like the three-pronged garden it's like, tool. Uh, it's hoe. Like, no, garden it, hoe. He's got – one guy has wolverine claws. He's, he has the three claws. Oh, no. It's the three claws going down, but then he's on the uh, back of the hand. There's the three claws going up as well. Oh, I didn't know it Yeah. It, it's insane. From one, the mind of Sh- uh, Shokazugi. One guy's just got uh, the, the ninja short swords – and uh, what did the other guy have? I know. I thought one guy. One had, guy had a staff with a knife that po- popped out. That's right, because Show catches it, and then he pokes the knife, but Show's too fast, and he darts his head back. And one has is a flamethrower. He's just, he's just setting shit on fire. I knew there was an exterminator guy in here. And then there's guys with bazookas that are just blowing up shit. It's it's insanity. There's it, just, and all throughout this, you see Show doing flips everywhere, like back and forth, and. If you guys have heard of the Michigan Militia, this is what it is. Except without the talent, without the ability to do flips, without the ability to swing things, without the you know, the nice fit physique because any militia is gonna be made up of fifty year old people who are out of shape and, and who uh, taste themselves and die. Are basically role players. They're just LARPing. They should get along with the 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 D and D nerds. It'd be fun for them. Well, they're not well, there weren't this militia ain't enough for Shiro because Shiro takes them all out, and he I guess he meets up with Jen again. And oh yeah, okay, Jen hasn't disappeared yet. We're in the middle of a jungle. Yet there's a factory there, an abandoned factory. I, uh, God, I th- think th- like do they get do they talk to Wilson? He says meet us at the abandoned factory. I think that's something Wilson like gets contacts though. I uh, Murray, I'm so tuned out of this movie because it's just blowing the fuck out of me at this point. Sterling calls them. He's like, meet me at the fucking Sparks, Vanna Sparks factory. Yeah. And that's what they do. So there's a big, huge Vanna factory. And uh, Shiro's like, where are they? And did, does this, do they find Sterling dead before all this shit happens or after it? Uh, they had not found Shiro dead yet. Show ri- arrives and he starts getting shot at. And so this is what. So he, Jen just disappears again. She's like a magician's Jen, assistant. She Jen, just disappears. Yes, Jen has disappeared. Show arrives, and this is like a a, a helicopter hangar or a airplane hangar. It's huge. It's covered. like a giant warehouse. Yeah, it's, it's an Amazon warehouse. It got abandoned because, like, some place like Peoria gave them a better deal. Sure, so like America was probably using it as an army base for a while, and then they abandoned it, and it's just rotting now. So this one is a big covered building. And he goes in, and people start immediately popping out and shooting at him, and he's fucking throwing shurikens well, this, and dodging. Yeah, and he's, he's throwing grenades. I, nice little uh, touch of continuity. He throws a grenade. He pulls the, the clip, uh, pin out with his mouth. Next scene, it's still dangling from his mouth. He I didn't even notice that. Kept, and then he goes, spits it out. That's some continuity. That is. On. That's not bad. But one, one of the best scenes, I will give you, that amongst all this filth, there was a great scene where a Jeep and a old Ford truck enter. 
And it's like, oh, shit. Because the truck has a gun mounted to the uh, ceiling of it. And so, again, like Jesse Ventura, Predator style, he's fucking just rifling down. And the Jeep comes uh, just flying at show. And he's like, I don't know what to do, but the truck. The trepidity is too high. I don't. I, I don't know. His, uh, no, his honor is raging like a motherfucker now. So he's on pure adrenaline. So what do you do if you got a car coming at you? You just leap in the air fifteen feet, do a flip, drop a grenade into the truck, and then land perfectly. It was a great landing. I'll give him that. It was, it was great. And I, so nine point nine. <laughs> of course, the jeep drives off, and uh, as if the guy was concussed by the grenade dropping on his head, he crashes into a pole, and then it explodes. And now we still got a truck to worry about. Well, we've learned that he—he's no stranger to the tool shed, and he—and Shiro coming back. And Shiro's all about using his what his environment with him. So apparently, they did everything at this place. It was a hangar. It was an army base. And it was also a manufacturer of circular saw blades because there's a, there's a whole array of them laying out on the table. You don't know what you're getting. You're getting all kinds of tools to keep. A hangar can be an army base. So, I mean, these are nesting eggs. Nesting eggs? Nesting dolls? Anyways. I'm trying to get through this. So he grabs some circular saw blades and, like, and starts well, killing people with those. He fucking throws one, hits the gunner in the forehead. Nice shot. I like that it's a callback to the old Shokazuki. I don't remember which one it was when the guy got the shuriken in his eye and they that did a close-up. Oh, beautiful. And then he sees the driver. He's out of saw blades. And this is why I don't want you to besmirch it. Because he's out of saw blades. He only had the one. He finds a giant valve and he picks that up. Truck is still driving by. It's so hot. It's so hot. He's got the windows rolled down. He fucking trucks the valve through the the passenger window, hits the driver in the head. That's a piece of solid steel. Knocks him out. Truck drives into a beam, blows up. Of course, of course it blows up. <laughs> of course it blows up. So uh, he's taking out all of the fucking abandoned factory guns. Yep. Look, this, this is, uh, I believe, when he starts heading up because now he's now out of the Now they're like an old castle. Like, I don't know yes. what the fuck. The, the shots do not seem to connect at all. This is the samurai cop. Like little suburb house into He's a mansion at the place they were at in Black Eagle, like that castle. Where yes, and maybe it was just some footage they found from Black Eagle. They said, "Let's throw it in there." Let's and so people move into that hangar and they start shooting rockets and shit at him. He bails and heads to the outside that we we're just talking about. And this is where he finally finds like he sees a body. Yeah, he sees I think a, anybody a body. covered? It was covered. That's what I was gonna say. I think it was covered. And he pulls it out and we see Sterling with a gunshot one because we were always thinking all along. This is our villain. Yeah, again, he was a bitch before, you know, I, I thought he was our guy. But it's not. Our villain is, of course, the State Department guy, Wilson, with Juan. Our buddy Juan shows up and Havelock, and they have Jen captured. H- Havelock has not shown his face. Okay. but Jen, he's dead, Jen, Murray. Oh, yeah, you're right. So Jen's <laughs> captured. And what do, you, what do you do when you're just surrounded? Yeah, he's got guys up on – they got height advantage. They got the clearance. They got everything on show right now. So he gives a little laugh, shakes his little butt, and a smoke bomb pops out of his leg. It's just like the people who drop turds, you know? You ever seen that? No. What the fuck are you talking about? People will shit themselves, and then they'll drop their turd down the pant leg. What? So show does that with a smoke bomb. I you have to bring that up. That's disgusting. <laughs> We're a family show, motherfucker. What the hell? <laughs> Our family month was the most grotesque month of all. I didn't say what kind of family. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, he releases a smoke bomb from his ass. 
blinds everyone. Somehow Jen gets away. We never see Jen for the rest of the movie. This is the last we see of Jen. Yeah, yeah, and so we like. A, does Juan get killed? Like, I don't know what happened to Juan. Does dude, he, he gets for all we know, he still has Jen. It is raping her. I don't know. Such a blur at this point because <laughs> how I see this happening, we'll run through it. I won't jump ahead. But show ends up, he's chasing after Jen. A guy drops down on him with a sword. He breaks his neck and steals his sword. And then he's like, where do I go from here? He sees a staircase going downwards, underground. He goes down it, and we go into this dark room, and we go into like a first-person view. And then all of a sudden, we see fucking Havelock's bloody face. They couldn't wipe himself off from the river. Why was his only his jacket shredded? Was that a fashion choice? It must have been. He's a fashionista. <laughs> I have no fucking and clue. And he's got a sword. So we get... This is a nice shot because we get silhouettes. It and, is. And as they're fighting, we see sparks flying off the swords. Cool shot. No fucking sense. Bored out of my mind. And so these go back and forth with that a while. And then... <laughs> They're on a dock somewhere. Like, where the fuck are they? Because now they're in a boatyard. Yeah. Yeah, they go from weird abandoned place. They Okay, they are going through every single... Maybe this is more meta than we thought. <laughs> because they go from the hangar plant to an abandoned factory to an abandoned castle and underground. Then, and then there's, like, this weird, like... I don't know what it was. It was, like, a conveyor belt. That, like, he jumped down. Yeah, the weird... This is, this is like, this would make a great video game, by the way. But for, like, making sense, it makes no sense. Like, now all of a sudden, we're, like, on the waterfront. I love when he goes up to the top of, like, that pure, like, uh, stared uh, structure. He gets up there, and he's rounding a corner. Round in that corner. And a, a Havelock is prepared for him. So he rounds that corner. And Havelock opens the door, and it slams into show's face and hits him right in the tooth. And show is selling his tooth. He's like, oh, my tooth. And then they continue to fight down the stairs. They they get down to the bottom. Show, um, I, I forget if they both lose their swords. They're, what's happening is they're struggling with their swords. And then show whips Havelock's sword away. Mm-hmm. But the problem is. He could kill him right now. He's got him, and they're dead That's right. right. But he's raging with his honor. At this raging moment. with honor. So he puts, he throws his sword down. And as we see that sword drop, we see Havelock's hand. Good shot, good shot, good continuity here. Sword drops. You see his hand reach, grab a fucking it's rock, like a, it's iron. Like a tire and iron. It's like a tire iron, but yeah. I don't know why it would be here. So it's some <laughs> metal object. It's a foreign object. International and object. It's an oriental object. That far. <laughs> and he stabs Show in the gut with it. Yeah. And so Show goes, oh, sells it. Great selling. Finally. And he just wanders off. And then they're on a boat, I think. Yeah, they're on a boat now. <laughs> and they're doing a little hide and seek game. Well, apparently, like you were just talking about people shitting down their pants. Show's got to take a rage and shit. Yeah. So he goes into a porta potty. Yeah. And we see our man Havelock. We're following Havelock at Havelock's this point. Havelock, he sees the blood trail. Of course, you got to touch your finger and rub your fingers together. Yeah, make sure it's blood. Get a little. Taste it a little. A little nummy in there. And he sees the trail of blood go to this porta potty. And he's like, all right, he's got to be here. So he just stabs the sword through the, the door of the porta potty. And then he opens it, looks in. Very slowly opens it, cautiously. So we're, so we're, like, we're looking from the porta potty at Havelock. And then we just see Show pop up behind him. Throw him in the porta potty, slam the door on Havelock, stabbing him with that sword that's going through the door, and then 
door opens. Half comes stumbling out, and he looks like he's done. But then he lunges for show, who just does a quick hip toss and throws him into that oily, oh, filthy water. It's trash. Oh everywhere. my god! This is what on deadly ground was all about. <laughs> Horrible like, way to go. Oh Jesus! He just watches him drown in filth. Yeah, and then he just walks away. Cut to credits. That's it. It was very abrupt. That's it. Even fucking show was getting bored with the movie. He was just like, I don't care what happened to Jen. Okay. Yeah. Jen, Dick, Harry, Ray. There was, there was no emotion. There was. I don't expect emotion from unless his sons are involved. Like Death, Black Eagle. Like those movies were good with them in it. This one just it was boring. Well, this might have killed his career. It might have. Either way, we had to do it, Griff, because we're going to do all of Show Kazuki's movies. I agree. I agree. And so, okay, that's it. (laughs) But next week, Griff, we go from a real ninja to fake ninja. Because we're going to do the movie that claims to be the movie that set off the ninja craze of the age. I say it was Enter the Ninja. I agree with that. This did technically, chronologically come first, but it's nowhere near as good as the show Kazugi movies. And prepare for a lot of hate because we're on record saying we don't like, 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 like the star of this movie, 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 Chuck Norris, Norris. And you'll and when you watch this movie, you'll understand why I'm doing this because there's a lot of internal monologues with echo effect for no fucking reason. So it's Dune. Spice Malage. <laughs> yes, it's Dune. No, Griff, it's the Octagon, the movie that inspired UFC. So we're gonna do that next week. Chuck Norris, prepare for a tongue lashing because we hate Chuck Norris. If you didn't listen to it already, go back, listen to this weekend's tippy tap. It's very important because it fits learn, into the canon. We learn a lot. It's out very ca- tippy tap. We never explain our jokes, and they're jokes probably to just me and Murray. But they're important things if you want nobody, to understand our Nobody show. on the planet Earth knows what fresh white Reeboks means but me and Griff. Fresh white Reeboks. We she, keep trying to... Ex- and we're never going to tell you. You'll, you got you to gotta do your research do on your fresh research. white Reeboks. And uh, you might not even understand the potency, the power of orange juice, oranges, and chocolate bars. <laughs> but go listen to... When, or Sat- I keep saying Wednesday. Go Sundays. listen to Saturday. Sunday's episode. Get it together, girl. Get I know together. we've had a weird week this week. It's been awful. Yeah. So everybody, see you next week for the Octagon and keep it warm.